Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 143 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and let's get to it. My guest today is Amanda Weedmark from Amanda Weedmark Designs. She's a designer with over 15 years in the game and also currently works at an architecture and engineering studio in Vancouver, BC. Little interesting, something else about Amanda is she is the designer for the, something else about Amanda is she is the designer for wood stickers. You can find those in REI and MEC, you know, the Mountain Equipment Co-op up here in Canada. So go and check out those. During this episode, we talk about her creative and crafty childhood. And we really have like a great nostalgic conversation about... And we have a great nostalgic conversation about uh, the books, the style of books that really showed her what could be done with graphic design at a young age. And man, I remember using those. And man, I remember getting those books and I loved them. What books? You'll find out. Let's see. We talk about Disney and why that's been so influential to her. Now, Amanda also tells us about a printed proposal project. Say that 10 times fast. A printed proposal project that she was a part of where they created a marketing piece to showcase to their client that they really understood the experience they were trying to deliver for their client's client. And that helped them win the proposal. It's a cool story, I promise you. We also talk about the challenge that Amanda faced that caused her to actually leave design for three years really early on in her career. We also talk about her freelance business and the journey to grow that and why she's so proud of that. Now, Amanda also answers the ask it forward question from our previous episode. And it's kind of funny. That was the song that would play in the opening scene of the movie about her life. Ladies and gentlemen, I had a blast in this interview. Amanda is super sweet and nice to talk to with lots of knowledge to share. So let's get to it. My guest, Amanda Weedmark. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Good morning, Amanda. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing terrific. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Are you ready for a quickie? Yes, I am. Fantastic. Um, So let's start with the tough stuff. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. So my name is Amanda Weedmark. I'm a graphic designer and digital illustrator from Vancouver, BC. I have been in the graphic design industry for over 15 years now, Mm -hmm. working primarily in in in-house design positions I'm currently working at an architecture and engineering studio uh, downtown Vancouver uh, four days a week. And then on the side, evenings, weekends, stat holidays, I'm working on my own business, designing retro-inspired goods designed to celebrate life's simple pleasures and grand adventures. 
I love that. That was not yeah. scripted or rehearsed at all, no. was it, Amanda? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Excellent intro. And I'm really interested to hear more about the sort of retro-inspired goods and stuff that you are working on. Um, but we will get there. I want to start with the early days, though. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your childhood like? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that sort of pointed you in this career path? Definitely. Um, so I always remember having some kind of project on the go, um, whether it was crafts out of a, out of a book or, um, watching Mr. Dress Up doing his crafts and Mr. Dress Up. Um, the, oh yeah. Speaking my language. <laughs> <Old school>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I always had something on the go paint by number. Um, especially when it came to holiday time, I was doing my own greeting cards, um, painting and, uh, cross-stitching and whatever I could do I was doing um, my dad he was I wouldn't say he would call himself an artist but he was creative he was definitely creative okay. um, he always had a project on the go whether it was a car he was restoring or something he was rebuilding um, he would take something that was old and broken and restore it and turn it into something new again. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a big photographer as well. So I think, uh, there was a bit of an influence there. Um, my mom was, uh, not, she, she says that she can't draw a stick figure, but, um, <laughs> I think there's a little creativity in all of us. Um, mm-hmm. so she was more the left brain side. Uh, she was an accountant, so she was, uh, yeah, she was definitely not active in the creative world as much as um, I was or my dad was. Mm-hmm. So did you have any family members around you that were in that graphic design or commercial art industry that sort of gave you an intro to it? Or when did you start noticing design? Um, so I think going way back, uh, I remember having a sticker book. Mm-hmm. And you'd buy the sticker book at the checkout counter in a Safeway. And you'd grab little packs of 10 stickers that went with the sticker book. Mm -hmm. And you had no idea what was in the sticker pack, but you'd open it. And then you'd be, you know, you'd be excited about all the stickers that were in it. You'd be disappointed when you got duplicates. And then you'd trade with your friends. Um, And so that was probably the very first kind of introduction to uh, not necessarily design, but just illustration, I guess, Um, and I loved that tort- sort of tactile, uh, you know, you have the book, you have the stickers, you collect it, you trade it. Um, and then when you're finished the book, uh, then you feel a sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. that, that you've collected them all. And there were rarer stickers in the pack that you may only get one every, you know, 50 packs or something, which was kind of fun for, for kids to do. Um, and... Yeah, so I think that was kind of my first exposure to seeing something and liking it based on the design or based on what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that I, I'm still like that. When I see a book with a really nice cover, I'm like, oh, I got to buy it. <laughs> Luckily, awesome. I've, been, I've, I've been lucky in the sense that um, a lot of the books that I've purchased with great book covers are usually not terrible. But there is the odd one that I'm sure is... The, the book covers better. <laughs> you know, you've said a number of different things that have like brought me immediately back to my childhood. The paint yeah. by number. I, yes. I loved paint by number because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm creative in the vision, but mm-hmm. creative in the action. Mm-mm. 
Not my strong point. Yeah. <laughs> I always would try and draw cars as a kid. I loved cars and I would always try and draw them, but like yeah. they would just look horrible, completely like out of balance and not good. Yeah. Just look bad. I still can't draw cars. <laughs> it's they look so like hard. With wheels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. Um, <clears throat> sticker books, hundred yeah. percent. I remember a Ninja Turtles sticker book I had yes. and you would open up the, the book and there was like 10 or 12 different pages um, and you could basically build your fight scene with stickers right this battle in the street so i loved sticker books and paint by numbers oh my gosh yeah yeah fun times so good now where is the sticker books for kids our age now right i know where's the adult sticker books yeah i know that they they gotta make a comeback (laughs) all right i'm on it (laughs) um so amanda i want to ask you now what stands out to you as the most influential design of your life so far? Um, so I don't, I want to say that I don't think I have one, but I do think that, um, you know, when I think influential, I think impactful on people and, you know, really great execution. I don't think that I've done anything yet that, that hits those markers, but Mm -hmm. I do know something that has been influential in that sense for me is um, Disney. And Mm. growing up, Disney was one of those things where it was just a beautiful mixture of animation, character, color, uh, music, um, to bring together this um, storyline that was engaging, that was fun, that taught a lesson, um, that was just really it kept your attention. It was entertaining. And I always remember, you know, the themed ones, the Halloween ones, the Christmas ones were always one of my big things that I love to watch because you only got to see those, you know, once a year and, um, and, you know, tune into Saturday cartoons or I believe Disney was also on Sundays at six. So those were always kind of the times where you look forward to watching it and seeing what episodes were on. And, Mm -hmm. and so that, and that's always been something that I've kind of thought about, um, as time moved on, um, is storytelling, visual storytelling. And that's essentially what design is. So how do you get all these elements together harmoniously to tell that story? Well said. And that's so true. You know, as soon as you mention Disney, you know, I see visuals with music and, you know, emotion Mm -hmm. and all of these things wrapped up into it. And that is design. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Disney, that was a great example of the most influential design for sure, because that can spread so many different touch points from audio to visual to emotional. Like, great. Mm -hmm. I love the example you used for that. Um, Amanda, who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow? What about them do you like? So I tend to follow people that kind of border the design and illustration uh, worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, a company called Nowhere Land Supply. Okay. Um, they are, I believe it's just a, a designer that's kind of doing something similar that I am. Um, who's built their little business on some really cool adventure um, outdoor type illustrations that are very simplified um, that have some like beautiful shadows and highlights. Um, 
that I really appreciate. Uh, I kind of look at them and I pick them apart and I kind of see how he's gone ahead and, and built each one just mm-hmm. because they're so, they're so great. Um, Atomic Child is somebody that I followed for a long time and he's also doing, uh, again, the design and illustration type thing. Uh, he's done a lot of really cool outdoor stickers and, and goods and I've just seen his career take off from um, being a freelance designer and doing his own thing to now he's got stuff in stores and he's all over, um, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Aaron Draplin uh, is somebody that I followed for a long time. Never and actually, about. yeah, no. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> he's, yeah, <laughs> he's, uh, he's actually, um, the reason I, uh, I tuned in cause I didn't know that you were local and you had this awesome podcast going and then he posted about, about your podcast when he was on it. I'm like, Oh, I got to chime in. And then I just loved it so much that I, I kept on listening and, um, so I learned a lot about him, um, some of the things that I didn't know about him on your podcast. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've followed his work for a long time. And again, it's that simple uh, simplification of distilling down an element or a concept into its most basic form, most basic shape, most basic uh, color palette. And that is not an easy thing to do. It might look very simple, but it's not at all. Mm-hmm. Um because there's a lot of things to take into consideration. If you take one too many things away, then it doesn't look like the thing that you intended it to look like. So um, there's a lot of adding and taking away that that happens, at least when I work on my stuff, that mm-hmm. um, if I add too many things and it looks too busy, if I take too many things away, then it doesn't look like anything at all. So um, there's a beauty in the simplicity of these things and that's those are the kind of designs that I really am drawn to and I appreciate so I follow people who kind of mimic that style um and also you know shout out to a Canadian designer Burton Kramer who you know the CBC logo Mm -hmm. um and just again it's just the there's beauty in that simplicity so that's one of the reasons why I just love all of their designs. I like the way you worded that. You know, you're you have to find the balance, that sweet spot of, you know, taking away too much but not overcrowding it so that the messaging is is lost. Mm-hmm. So finding the beauty and the simplicity is uh, you know, is not an easy thing. No, it's not. <laughs> so Amanda, I want to ask you a little bit about print and packaging right now. So mm-hmm. I want to hear how you have utilized print and packaging in your design career and any stories around print or packaging uh, for recent projects that stand out for you or something like that. Um, Well, I have done quite a bit of print. Um, I I love print. I love, you know, that tactile piece that you can hold in your hand that you can Mm -hmm. hang on to. And that's kind of what I strive for in the work that I do at my full-time job. And then the, um, the work that I do, even with the stuff that I do on the side, I want people to not only use it for that first pass, greeting card, whatever, but I want them to hang on to it. I want them to, you know, share it. I want them to do other things with it, give it a second life or give something else a second life with it. Um, and there was one that stands out, uh, at my current job, um, where we used print to put together this really cool interview package mm-hmm. um, for a job that we were chasing. And 
it was for an airport. So we kind of sat down and tried to figure out, you know, what, what the theming of this interview package would be um, based on what we kind of mentioned in this uh, document that we, the proposal document that we had, had done up. And the theming of it was that we are going to give uh, our external client, so the airport, the same experience that they want to deliver their clients. Mm -hmm. So they want to give their clients uh, a seamless, stress-free experience um, that kind of brings them value, whether it's food or whether it's something they can do while they're waiting for their flight, whether it's art pieces throughout the, the terminal. Um, so not just go and wait, but, you know, have this experience while they're there. So we decided to, to run a parallel between that experience and working with us mm -hmm. so that um, we could tell the client that we understand what you're trying to deliver um, we're going to go ahead and do that same for you. We're not going to give you just the services that you need, but we're going to work um, in tandem with you so that, you know, you can have this amazing experience with us to um, to reach your own goals. So um, they had called us for an interview. They uh, We put together some pieces that mirrored that messaging. And so we thought, what could what could we do that could physically show them what we're going to do for them? So we put together sort of a things you would take on your vacation with you. Like you'd need a passport, you'd need a, a, um, a ticket, you'd need a flight schedule, you'd need, uh, you'd collect postcards along the way. So all of those elements came together in a package and in this passport, um, we sourced paper, the linen paper, uh, we got it gold stamped on the front and inside of the passport were the team, the people on our team that were going to be working with the airport. Um, and, you know, there were stamps on the inside. We made it look like stamps um, that told, you know, our client which each person's role was, um, how many years experience they have. Um, and then we had like a little bifold pocket folder that had the project schedule, which looked like an airport schedule and a ticket. Um <laughs> And then we also did postcards, so it was uh, our project experience, but it was of projects kind of around North America, around the world that we did. And on the front was just the airport, and on the back was a little bit of information about the project. And we kind of made it look like it was somebody writing somebody from another country. Mm -hmm. um, so all of this came together in this beautiful little package, and you know we sourced special paper, we got things foil stamped and, and we, we kind of everything from the paper selection to the, to how we did layout is everything kind of fed into that story, that theming. So, um, that was kind of a cool little project to do and we ended up winning the project. So that's yeah. awesome. So you guys invested yeah. all of that upfront to print and produce this piece mm -hmm. and do all the design for it for, as part of the proposal. Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And that, and, and that obviously helped you win the proposal. Yes. And we try, when we have the time, we try to do that, that theming and that, how can we extend that theming into print pieces or packaging pieces? Um, we don't get to do it too often because a lot of the times our, our deadlines are very compressed. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
Yeah, but on the odd occasion, you get to go to press, you get to, you know, play with different papers and different finishes. So that's when it starts to get really fun. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, all right, Amanda, the next few questions I have for you are the tough stuff. We mm-hmm. go, I want to ask about some of the challenging times and the struggles that you faced in your design career so far. And then uh, once we get through a couple of those, we'll turn it around and we'll finish up in a happy place. Sure. Sounds good. So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Well, um, I, I've had many kind of, I've had many challenges in my design career that always makes me stop and think, okay, am I really doing this? Should I keep going? But one really stands out that actually made me quit design for about three years. Wow. Okay. Um, and I actually got fired from my very first design studio job a month into it. <laughs> oh boy. So, um, I, and I'm not real. I couldn't tell you, there was no specific thing that said, you did a bad job. You're a terrible person. You're fired. It was never that kind of thing. I think it was just, they had expectations of me and I had expectations of them and the two didn't really come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they thought I had more experience than I did. And I thought that I was going to go there and be there to experience design studio life and learn from the people there. And cause I was coming in from a very, a very junior position. So I mm-hmm. hadn't prior to that had any design studio experience before mm-hmm. I had had design experience, but, um, and also too, I, I, don't think I was in the right mindset to kind of take on that new challenge. I was at a career, a point in my career where I was uh, looking to do something more than in-house design. Um, Because when you're an in-house designer, you're working with the same branding, you're working with the same products or the same um, visuals. Uh, So I was really trying to stretch and step out of that comfort zone and Mm -hmm. and do something where you're, you're exposed to all these things. And um, two months prior to actually landing the job, my dad had passed away. So kind of looking, looking back at it, I can understand why my head wasn't in the right space to tackle something that fresh and that new. Um, So it was kind of a challenging time. And when I, the day that they told me I was no longer working there, it was a Friday afternoon. I had had some weird vibes all day and people were looking at me funny and I didn't know what was going on. And then when I got fired, I was kind of, well, fired is kind of a harsh word because I did nothing wrong and they, they didn't say that I did anything wrong. It It just just wasn't the right fit. fit. Yeah. Yeah. So fair enough, but it still rocked me to my core. And at that time in my career, I was also still building my, a lot of my confidence Um, you know, dealing with a lot of self-doubt and struggling with whether I was good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still have little glimpses of that every once in a while. For sure. Um, I think almost everybody does. Yeah. Um, It's a tough thing to to get over sometimes, Um, especially when stuff like that happens. It just kind of reaffirms those those negative thought patterns you have about yourself and knocks you to your, knocks you on your butt. So, um, I spent a few months not working. Uh, luckily I was able to get unemployment because there was no wrongdoing. And, um, I just kind of chilled out for a bit just to kind of get my head back in the game and figure out what my next move was going to be. Um, and I had worked at a company before, uh, that I was just doing desktop publishing 
And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go back to that. I was really good at it. And I don't think that I'm cut out to be a designer. Um, so I went back to that for a few years. And but there was still always that pull to graphic design. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of secretly designed on the side, you know, um, in the privacy of my own home. I didn't share anything with anybody, but mm-hmm. I, I did want to get back into the game. I just didn't feel comfortable sharing it with the world because I still had that mindset about myself that I would never be as good as whoever I was following at the time. Mm-hmm. I could, I, I, but I was determined to get out of it. So um, funnily enough, there was a, a life coach that was getting her hours in and I don't know how she found me, but she contacted me and said, I want to give you three free sessions um, just so I can get my hours in and you can kind of experience what it's like to have a life coach. And I thought, yeah, this is kind of, it's coming at a good time. So I tried it out and I really liked it. And I stuck with her for, I think a year, maybe a bit more and um, had a call with her once a month and, and, you know, all this negative stuff came spewing out about myself that I didn't even know was kind of underneath the surface. And mm-hmm. um, and I thought, wow, okay, I didn't even know that I was thinking that poorly of myself or my skill set or whatever. So um, once you're kind of aware of that, you can tackle it. So Definitely. once that became, it came to the surface, I'm like, okay, well just because I feel that way does, doesn't mean I have to continue to feel that way. If I feel like I'm not as good as that person that I admire, well, let's at least try to get close or at least try to be good enough in my own mind. So I went back to school. Um, I put myself out there a bit more. I, you know, did side projects and started dabbling in freelance again. So I slowly kind of made my way back to the design world and, Mm -hmm. And my confidence started building and I was, I felt good enough to tackle, you know, trying to find another graphic design job. And I landed the job that I'm currently in um, 10 years ago. And, you know, I've, I've been there for 10 years and I've now got my side business going on and that's been three years now and that's growing and getting busier every day. So it can be done. <laughs> <laughs> you can come back from it. Yes. It yes. is possible. Yes. Even though in the moment it probably didn't feel like it. And like you said, you know, it caused you to question your overall direction. Like, is this mm-hmm. where I should be going? Right? right. Yeah. It was tough. Um, Amanda, I want to dive a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. And I want you to tell us about a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. Um, what was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Um, so I, this is actually relatively recent within the last six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I took on a very small design project. A lot of people ask me for sticker designs and small little um, one-off pieces, which I always enjoy doing mm-hmm. um, because they don't, you know, with my time being so limited, having both jobs, it's uh, I can only do that much. So they came to me and they wanted a sticker design and I had um, some ideas based on what she had mentioned, and I set up a time with her. I went and chatted with her in person. I saw the space that that they wanted the sticker design um, to be representative of. Um, she passed around some ideas. We had a really good chat. I spent about an hour and a bit with her, 
And I went away and I um, did up a quote um, and I went back to them and I said, this is what you'll get. And here are different um, pricing structures. They were, their budget was limited. So I said, well, this is what I can offer for your budget. But if you feel that you want to put a little bit more into it, this is what else I can provide you for extra. Mm-hmm. And um, so everything I thought was good and she she seemed to be on board, had no issues with it, um, and paid the 50% uh, deposit, um, which I would always recommend. Yes. And um, I, she said, okay, well, there's two weeks went by, and, and she said, well, there's been some chatter kind of around the studio, um, and some people have a bit of a shift in their ideas. So I said, okay, let's uh, have a chat, and I'm happy to meet with with whoever wants to, you know, I'm happy to meet with, with them as well. And what I didn't realize at the outset was that the girl that I had spent the initial um, hour with was not the decision maker. Mm. And I assumed that it was because she knew what she wanted. She um, knew which direction it was going to be. She knew exactly, you know, all the things that you would need to know. Um, And I, then I had uh, set up this meeting and I, I went there and it was a bit of a it was a bit of a gong show. <laughs> um, there, not only this, the decision maker was pulled in, but other people were also pulled in. Uh-huh. Um, and it was kind of a casual meeting. There was wine involved, and I thought, oh man, what did they get into? <laughs> and of course, they'd paid their fifty percent, so I was committed to the project. And things were changing and shifting, and they wanted multiple concepts and they had they were kind of all over the map in terms of what they wanted so that made me really nervous because I didn't know how to there were so many people involved in so many things happening that I didn't really know how to guide it but I did my best with what I had and reiterated what they were saying back to me and and they said yep that's exactly what we want and then as I was walking away from the meeting they said wait don't do anything that we just told you. Just do what you were going to do to begin with. So I'm oh like, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna do what I originally set out to do. And I went back and I did it. But I still felt really nervous about the whole thing because of the fact that these people were involved. And not that I had a problem with it, but because they had um, come in late in the game, and I didn't know that they were. That, that they were going to be involved. I mm-hmm. thought I had been speaking to the decision maker the entire time and I wasn't. Um, and it turned out that uh, I had done these concepts based on, you know, the original conversation that I had with this girl. And um, they, I hadn't heard from them in two weeks after I sent the concepts over. So I followed up with them again and they ended up canceling the project because she, I think she was very sympathetic to my position because it was even frustrating and confusing for her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm putting this on hold until they figure out what they want. So I, I should have gone with, well, first of all, always know who your decision makers are mm-hmm. and meet with those decision makers. Um, try not to get too many people involved because design, gu- design by committee is very challenging <laughs> and you'll get nothing done. Yeah. Um, luckily I had a 50% deposit, so they, she was good enough that she didn't ask for it back because she, I basically delivered what they asked for, 
but because they couldn't figure out what they wanted and the scope kept changing. Um, I think she was really sympathetic to my position and, and allowed me to, to keep the 50 deposit, 50 percent deposit. Um, so that was good. Um, and that's why you have that, that deposit is so that if you do all this upfront work and things get canceled or things start changing, mm -hmm. that both of you have an out, um, and that a hundred percent isn't invested in your, some of your time is covered and all that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that was a really good, luckily it wasn't a, a big account. It was just kind of a one-off small job and nobody was hurt. Nobody was offended. Um, and everybody kind of just put a pin in it and yeah, so it was a really good reminder of, of, um, you know, the things that you should keep in mind when you're, when you're doing freelance and it's been a while since I've, I've done, um, freelance with, with mm -hmm. clients, with businesses. So it's, it's just a really good, really good lesson. Good refresher. Yes. Good refresher. <laughs> Okay, Amanda, I'm going to turn it around here, and I want you to tell us about a project that you've been a part of that mm -hmm. you are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing. Well, um, I to be honest, I probably, because I haven't done a ton of client work yet, um, and because I'm straddling these two worlds right now, um, I think my side business is probably my my shining star right now. Um just because it, it it takes a lot of work to do <laughs> and mm -hmm. and to be able to build it and get a following and you know sell stuff and keep keep things on point for taxes and finances and budgeting and <laughs> it's it's yeah it's <laughs> for a person that's that's uh, you know right brain it's left brain stuff can be very very tough sometimes it makes me tired and want to go to sleep but um, I think that's a, that's a pretty, I think that's a, been a pretty successful endeavor that I've, um, that I've tackled and, you know, it's, and it's not only that it's, you know, from what, what I mentioned before, it's like coming from the very bottom of, of, uh, you know, where I was and not having any confidence and not having, not thinking that I could do it to now having this thriving little business that, um, I'm able to share and be proud of and have people enjoy it and, and share and, and kind of share in that success with me, um, is, is really cool. Uh -huh. I can easily see yeah. why that would be, you know, really proud of you just for the work that you know, it took to get from where you were to where you are and building mm -hmm. that and doing all that. So a big props for that. Mm -hmm. Amanda, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. Oh, I've got a question for you for my last guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask mm -hmm. them anything. Okay. So my last guest was Ken Rabe from Rabin Design Co. in Beacon, New York. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to ask, and let me set the scene here for you. You know, imagine the opening scene to the movie of your life. You're getting up getting your coffee ready, you're walking to work or sky training to work, you're putting that coffee down on your desk and sitting in your chair and getting ready to crush it. What is the theme song? What is the song that's playing in that opening scene? Oh, that's a good one. 
Um, man. I would probably have to say, um, oh man, I can't think, I'm terrible with names, <laughs> but I, uh, but I just have a first thing that came to mind and I don't, is it a Rocky? I've never seen any of the Rocky movies, but it sounds like something out of Rocky and it may be something out of Rocky, but it's like, dent, 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 dent. That's the eye of the tiger. Dent, dent, yeah. Eye of the tiger. That's it. See, I knew what the song was. I just couldn't figure out the name. But, That's so funny. Um, <laughs> when I when Ken asked me that question, I said, well, Ken, what is yours? And his yeah. was Eye of the Tiger. No way. Yeah, so you and Ken have matching opening songs to the movie <laughs> of your lives. There you go. It just seems like a song that, that's so empowering and like you just get up and go and kill the day. And yep. that's, that's mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I've got to listen to the song. <laughs> yep. um, Amanda, what is the question you would like to ask the next guest? All right. Well, I'm going to keep it simple and kind of fun and uh, kind of nostalgic. Uh, what is your favorite toy and or candy from your childhood? Ooh. I'm going to go with and because I want to hear both. Yeah, that's, yeah, why not? Awesome. Amanda, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. That is the end of the Quickie Podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. I had fun. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning in and I'll be back tomorrow. See you then.